Welcome to the Mixed Moments Podcast. I'm Alicia. I'm your host. And as you guys might have heard on Tuesday, this week's extra episode is a collaboration with the City Podcast and Podcaster Text. And City stands for Stay In True To Yourself. And in today's episode, we are discussing all things food and living abroad. So if you want to continue listening, find out what our favorite foods are and our experiences in foreign countries, then tune in. Welcome to Mixed Moments. Join me as we navigate all that life can throw at us and how growing up mixed impacts our day to day. Welcome back to the Mixed Moments podcast. I'm Alicia, your host. And today I have a very special guest on the show, another podcaster, the podcast host of the City Podcast, which stands for Stay In True To Yourself by Tex. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So what I like to do with the guests on the show before we start is have a little bit of a icebreaker questions. So can you choose a number between 1 and 250? 122. 122. Okay, let's find out what that question is. So question number 122 is, what brands or type of music listen to when you exercise? Mm, When I exercise, I actually don't listen to music. Because I'm oh. swimming, so. <laughs> True. Okay. Um, but I guess brand, the brands mm-hmm. that I use, I use. Um, I don't have a brand actually. I use all of them, but I would say I have some Nike, I have some Adidas, I have some Puma, I have mm-hmm. uh, some generic brands. My socks, though, I usually have a specific sock. I usually okay. use um, Nike socks. Okay, nice. Okay, cool. Makes sense with the the no. That's one downside of swimming is that you really can't listen to music. I mean, you can get waterproof uh, earphones, or but I'm not sure how good those work. So I've never used them. Nah, I don't even like. I don't like listening to music when swimming. I mean, but when I'm actually working out, doing other things, I think I usually listen to anything. I literally I would listen to anything. I usually find myself more listening to R and B actually. Okay, nice. Cool. Okay, great. So today's topic will be um, food. As you all know, I love everything to do with food, um, even though what I study is kind of related to food. So our first part of the episode will be talking about food, and the second part will be about living abroad. So the first question, obviously, I think this is an obvious question. What is your favorite food of all time? Oh, that's a hard one. Um man it have to be a lot but i think my favorite food of all time has to be pilau uh lamb pilau or chicken pilau um or biryani those that's probably one of my favorite food of all time it's delicious and sushi <laughs> okay great and do you like have a memory that's associated with why it's your favorite or is it just the best one uh, well i think it's just one i like it's just simple to make and it's you can make a lot of it and it lasts a long time. That's my favorite mm-hmm. thing about it. It's like you can make a, 
a lot of it and it just lasts a long time. So I've had plenty of memories with it where I just made a lot of it and I ate it for like two weeks straight. So it's just, that's just what I like about it. It's simple to make, tastes good and it's healthy for you. Great, okay. So what dish best describes your personality and who you are? Hmm, I think the best dish that describes my personality probably be anything spicy. Ooh, okay. Any dish that's spicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spicy and has vegetables in it. Um okay. and a little bit of red and a little bit of red meat. That's the type of dish that uh say describes me best. Interesting. Cool. Thanks. So since food in general is such an important part of culture and it's something we have an interaction with basically daily, how has food played a role in your upbringing and in your cultural identity? Um, food has been the one of the biggest things in terms of how, my upbringing because it's a way of me to kind of share moments with people. Um, I'm the type of person that if I, if I can't eat with you, then I don't want to be around you. But if I can <laughs> eat with you, I want to be around you a lot. So mm -hmm. that's the type of person I am. Um, and that's just part of my upbringing. In terms of my cultural identity, um, I, I'm, when it comes to food, I'm more versed in all types of foods. I love trying new foods. I'm not really like the picky type of eater. I used to be a picky eater when I was younger, but as I've gotten older, I've come to appreciate different foods and different cultures and uh, seeing the making process, the unique process of it. Um, mm -hmm. so that to me, that's probably one of my biggest things is, um, having the opportunity to share a moment with somebody while eating some food. And then also being able to appreciate the, uh, differences in culture and in ingredients and recipes and how people approach and making their food. Mm -hmm. I think it's such a, even though it's such a simple thing in terms of when you look at it, it's usually a dish in front of you or you quickly grab something to eat. If you look at food as a whole, it's so chem it's a complex. It's has so much to do with culture, history, um, as you said, how it's prepared, the ingredients that are used, and in the end, the art of the of eating it, of sitting down with friends, family, and sharing your food with someone. That in itself, that moment is always such a I think a determining moment because it can either go really, really well um, or it can go really, really badly. So. When I went to school, there were often times where I'd bring a traditional German dish to school, and it was one of the favorite things that I would eat at home. But if I brought it to school, there would be some students who would just kind of be like, ew, what is that? That's so gross. And I think a little bit of that is probably just being a child and you're not aware of the different cultures and different aspects yet. But that in itself turned me off of like, I don't want to share this food with you because it's really important to me. And you've just kind of, disgraced it in a sense so yeah um so looking globally at all of the available cuisines out there what geographic area has left you the strongest impact what was like wow this area and their type of food is really uh, important to me well i would say my my identity i'm kenyan so my kenyan food culture is very strong upon me um i love kenyan mm -hmm. food anything that's uh kenyan associated kenyan involved i love that food um and that's probably my biggest geographic area that i can say has influenced my food but outside of that i would say that you know i've kind of traveled the world and kind of seen different places um i would say that there's in the in the united states there's like foods from all over 
the world. That's the, kind of the best part. So mm -hmm. I would say the United States has actually impact, uh, had a strong impact on that because it's introduced me not to just fast food, which people are uh, what they claim to America too, but it's introduced me to a lot of other cuisines. Like I've never been to the Mediterranean Sea. Mm -hmm. I've actually been to the Mediterranean Sea, but I've never been to like the Mediterranean countries. But I've been mm -hmm. able to eat Mediterranean food in the United States, which is very, very nice and authentic. So that's kind of the great yeah. things um, when it comes to that. I love Mediterranean food. It's probably one of my top five uh, cuisines <laughs> of all time. Um, and that's just how it's been in terms of that. And then also, I would say that the places I've been to, the places I've traveled have influenced and had an impact on me. But um, when I was a young kid, the biggest impact for me was my school. The school I went to had a big mm -hmm. impact in terms of um, how I perceived food. So, for example, I went to a, a boarding school, international boarding school, and they, every day we had a you know designated meal for the, each day. I remember mm -hmm. on Sundays we used to eat burgers and coleslaw and french fries. And to me, that was the most foreign thing ever. I did not know what a burger was. I did not know what French fries was or coleslaw was. But mm -hmm. then I eventually got the chance to like really try it out every Sunday. And I was like, wow, this is actually what other people eat in other countries. I might kind of like it, you know? So it yeah. kind of, I started, I started appreciating the nuances and different foods. And that's kind of what made me fall in love and just being a food junkie. Whenever I travel, I just want to try different foods. I don't really care what it is. So mm -hmm. it's kind of what it is. I think that's, that's so true. So for us at uni, um, I don't have the typical university experience. So we live on campus, um, all of us, so no one lives off campus. And we also eat on campus. And every week we go to a different region or a different country. And on Fridays, that lunch will be from that country. Um, and it's sometimes it's a complete surprise what we're going to eat. And it's a shock. And you have no idea. Um, that this food even existed, but it's really cool that you get a chance to kind of explore a country and its culture through having a bit of food, even though you've never been there, as you said. And I think that's always a really, really cool aspect of it. But unfortunately, so you mentioned that the US has a huge array of different cuisines that they can offer you, even though you're not in those countries. And unfortunately, due to the pandemic, it's had a huge impact on the food and beverage industry as a whole. So what do you think are some small ways that listeners can help business owners that have been affected that are struggling at the moment? Um, I feel like the one of the best ways to do that is actually buying food from the place. Um, I can say from my own experience during the pandemic, I actually really did eat out a lot. Like I didn't really cook a lot. I had the opportunity to actually buy food from places. And when you do that, you're actually keeping the businesses going. And that's the best part about mm -hmm. it. And also there's this new apps, the food delivering apps that people can use mm -hmm. to order food, which I think is very, very beneficial to local businesses and also to the people who are delivering the food. And I think those are ways that we can maintain um, business owners um, that have been affected by the COVID. Um, and also by actually, you know, sharing those, bringing new people to new to new foods. You know, if you have a friend that doesn't mm -hmm. like, that does, has not had food, you know, like a, from outside, take them out to a restaurant that you like to go to. And it kind of brings yeah. a sense of community and a sense of companionship. Um, and those are the kind of ways that I, I think that, um, business owners can kind of sustain themselves in terms of their, their restaurant businesses. So I think mm -hmm. that companionship and uh, community sustainability is very important in terms of maintaining 
those uh, businesses. Great. Okay, cool. So when you do decide you want to eat out, do you prefer a fine dining setting or more of a quick service fast food setting? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I prefer... I prefer what I can eat. <laughs> okay. For anywhere I can eat that's comfortable and safe. But in terms, it depends on the uh, on the on the occasion. Um, mm -hmm. I usually like to sit. I usually like to sit down and eat. So I would say I, I like a fine dining setting. But mm -hmm. I have had some of the quick service setting that has been some of the most delicious food ever. So that's kind of the, the, the thing there's like I've had some food that's so delicious from that's very served quickly and then there is some fine dining setting too that's been delicious so I'm not really picky when it comes to that but what I am Best picky about well. yeah what I'm picky about though is um the customer service if uh, if I don't like the customer service then I don't want to eat there no matter how bougie the good or the food is if they have terrible customer service I am not eating there that's important. I mean, I think it has the biggest impact and some businesses just don't realize that even if your food is great, if the service isn't, uh, it's going to turn me off from coming there. I won't recommend it to my friends or my family. So you need to focus on the food as a restaurant, but also definitely how you approach your, your customers and the people that are there to eat and share this experience. Because oftentimes in restaurants or even quick service, like at festivals or whatever, all of these places are moments that people have and you're kind of in an environment that hosts or that is there to to aid in this moment whether it's celebrating a birthday or at a festival getting some really good food or all of these options so even though the food needs to be good you're also kind of accommodating an event in someone's life um and even if it's not a big thing if you're just sitting down to eat if someone has had a horrible day and they just want to have some good food and the service is really really good that can change their day and how it ends as well so definitely important definitely. um so last time we spoke that you mentioned that the one of the biggest differences from moving from kenya and then moving to the us is the gmo and what to you is the importance of non-gmo organic and sustainable food practices um, do you think that this transition is a, like a little too late or do you think that we should really be focusing on this and putting it as a priority? I think we should actually really consider taking a look at it and kind of spending some time on it because I can definitely tell you from my own experience, um, from eating organic food every day to eating some GMO food every day, I can mm -hmm. definitely see the change in my body. Um, I can definitely see, I can feel, I can feel different. Um, I smell different. Um, and things mm -hmm. just taste different. And that's kind of the impact that I guess I have experienced when it comes to eating those different types of food. Um, yeah. Like for example, for example, um, growing up, I used to see regular sized tomatoes. Um, and I come in, now I come see tomatoes that are, are, are the size of my head. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like I, I've never seen a tomato that's the size of somebody's head compared yeah. to the size of somebody's fist and to me that's just it just says there's something wrong with that it's not organic or natural and putting those things in your body does have long-term effects that's kind of what it is is like i i think that we should maybe we should still consider looking into it in terms of uh, how we approach it but i'm not saying that gmo food is all bad because gmo food is some of it can be used in terms of when we are, you know, trying to feed the hungry or mm -hmm. 
you know, trying to end world hunger, we can use foods that we process to kind of give out to people also. Not saying that that's what we should give out to them. We should always strive to give them the organic, the best nutritious thing. But if yeah. the opportunity raises and we don't have enough organic food, we have to use what we have. So mm-hmm. that's what I think uh, we should do is kind of focus on how can we maintain our approach to eating healthy and organic food every day while at the same time being, um, what is it called? We're, we're being sustainable to our bodies and also sustainable to our earth. I feel that, um, for example, for me, I love to eat meat. Like I love eating red meat. I love eating fish. I love eating chicken. I love eating it all. But I also believe that too much of it is not good for me. So mm-hmm. I do think, you know, we've come to the age of now where we also have like plant-based uh, meat or stuff like that. Um, yeah. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but there's there's been some processing of those foods and, you know, they might be healthy for you, but in the long run, they might also have some long-term negative effects on your body um, mm-hmm. when you when you consume it too much. So I'm not saying that I don't think that GMO is like the worst thing ever, but it's not the best thing for you. I, I, I believe the best thing for us to eat is organic, sustainable food mm-hmm. that we've actually grown ourselves um, and taken care of ourselves. So I think that's probably the best way um, to go along when it comes to uh, taking care of our of our diet yeah i mean i think that um growing up in namibia meat has been a huge part of my my diet and 10 years ago if you were vegan or vegetarian in this country you would really struggle to get anything i mean there's a joke amongst namibians and i'm probably also south africans that if you have a vegetarian coming for like a braai which is a barbecue um they'll get chicken because that's how meat loving the country is but it, it, i think it has to do with geographically where we're located it's so much harder to grow fresh produce here in this country um and meat is so much more readily available and the difference again is the meat that is available here is farmed as sustainably as possible um it's not like in a warehouse where the animals are cooped up, they can't move, they can't feed and have a natural life. Um, and especially on the farm where we grew up at the moments where we did need to um, go hunting for food. It was never because we were hunting to just kill. It was usually because we needed the meat and so used everything. It wasn't like we chose and left the rest. Um, now it's better, you can find a lot of vegetarian alternatives you can find some vegan alternatives um and a lot of unfortunately purely just geographically a lot of our fresh produce is imported um but it's definitely a lot better than what it was and i think that this situation is similar in different countries so some countries are just suited better to certain types of food and as you said everything in moderation um i think is better than excluding something wholly from your diet so do you have a story that has impacted you through food or uh, a chef that has left an impression on you or a dining experience that you can't get out of your head? Um, definitely say my grandmother's cooking. It's probably has a really big impact on me. She loves to cook. She's a great cook. And yeah, to me, that's had a really big, big impact on me. Okay. And I think when we eat, we focus so much on... Um, 
it's it's all about the senses um as you said with your grandma i have memories of making cakes with my grandma uh, and i think everybody has this kind of home homey feeling when you think of your grandma's cooking um which is really important and leaves an impression as you said that's the one thing you can't get out of your head so eating in a sense allows you to discover countries you've never visited or um ingredients that you've never heard of before or relive memories that you've experienced and in a sense this kind of ties into our next topic in being able to try things from different countries even though you've never been there uh oftentimes you also have the opportunity to move abroad or to go somewhere on holiday and oftentimes what i do is i find the really good places to eat and try local foods so how many countries have you visited before and which country has left so far the biggest impact on you um, I think I've been to 11 countries so far, and the country that has left the biggest impact so far. Hmm. So, I mean, okay, I would say this: since I'm in the, since I'm in, since I, I reside in the United States, I would say mm -hmm. that I've been to Mexico, and I see Mex. I've ate Mexican food there, and mm -hmm. that has really had a big impact because I can kind of see the, the why people love Mexican food so much in the United States. Um. Mm -hmm. So to me, that had a really big, uh, had a big impact. And I also, I love pizza. And uh, when I went to Italy, I, you know, people associate pizza with Italy. And I saw how they make their pizza there versus how people make pizza around the world. And it's totally mm -hmm. different. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was really shocking. It was really shocking. Um, also, when I went to West Africa, they have this staple that they use called jollof rice. And... They all have a different type of jollof rice. To me, mm -hmm. that was very, very cool. They, you know, some the Ghanaian jollof rice versus Nigerian jollof rice. Some yeah. people say there's a difference, and I can <laughs> totally tell you there's a difference because I've had it both. So, it's, mm -hmm. but it's very delicious. No matter which one, it's very delicious. Um, so that's I can say those have kind of left a big impact on me. Okay, cool. Um, so as you said, you've been to, to Italy, Mexico, um, Kenya as well. So what's your ideal travel experience? Oh, um, at this point, I would say safety is first. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I think that's my ideal travel experience. Safety first. Mm -hmm. um, and... I I am kind of I'm kind of the person I'm a I like I love swimming so I kind of like being close to the beach. Yeah. Um, okay. And I like I like to land in my destination early in the morning, and I like my departures to be late at night. Okay, so you can utilize like the full amount of your stay. Yeah, full amount. Okay. And do you prefer uh, big cities or more country life or a mix of both, like dependent on the country and what it has to offer? I've been, I like both. Um, I remember when I went, so I've been to, I've been to both, uh, all kinds. Um, mm -hmm. One of my favorite big city ones was actually Dubai. Dubai was pretty cool. Um, I never thought Dubai would be like that. That mm -hmm. was pretty cool. It's like very, it's very humid and hot though, but everything around there is so cool. Um, and probably you also, I liked how Uganda is very rural. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's very fresh. The air is very fresh there. Um, okay. so that's one of the things I like about that place. 
Right. So moving abroad and like settling into a foreign or a new surrounding is often accompanied by culture shock. Um, as you just mentioned, like with Dubai being humid or these kind of things, they're, they're things you notice quite quickly, but there's also some which are kind of ingrained in the culture, which you only notice once you've been in a place for a while. So have you ever experienced culture shock? And if so, how did you deal with it? Yeah. So one time, so my first time in Dubai, I remember I landed there and I was hungry because I, I forgot to eat in the airplane. So mm -hmm. I landed there and I was looking for food. I'm like, I don't know what time it is. Like I hadn't left the airport. So I'm I'm like, I don't even, I lost track of time and everything. So I'm thinking like, okay, I'm just get out the airport before I get, I'm gonna go eat some food outside the airport. So I go um, meet up with some friends and you know, I'm staying at their place for a couple of days. I'm gonna be there. And I tell them I'm hungry. So they take me to the store to get food. So we go. Um, yeah. And we go to we go to the Dubai Mall. The Dubai Mall is probably the biggest mall in the world. And we're in there, and there's a candy store. And I'm like, oh, I want some candy. Maybe I can use some sugar. So I go in there, and I get some candy. Mm -hmm. When I go in there and get some candy, I get it in a bag, and I'm with my friends. And I'm about to eat it. And my friend tells me, don't eat that. Like, yells at, do not eat that. You're going to go to jail. Okay. Little did I know. I mean, I did know it was during Ramadan, but at that time, I didn't. I did not know. I have forgot time difference and stuff. <laughs> I was still working. I was still working on the time clock of California, so mm -hmm. I almost got in trouble with the authorities just because I almost ate in public during that time, and <laughs> I was not supposed to. So, yeah. I, a good thing I ended up not eating. Um, and then you know we eventually ended up going to his place hanged out um it was cool but that to me was just like one of the craziest experiences because i almost ate in public uh, without knowing and it was during ramadan and you're not mm -hmm. supposed to do that so and then one time uh the other time was when i went to mexico um i was in uh quintana row actually i was in the rural areas um so i went to go get some food and I'm thinking that, oh, I want some tacos, you know? So I go to a restaurant, I go ask them, can I have some tacos? First thing mm -hmm. they tell me, there's like, no, we don't serve tacos here. And I'm like, wait, what? I thought tacos was everywhere. I was like, no, we do not serve tacos in this area of Mexico. <laughs> and to me, that was just like so shocking and just so surprising. Um, so it was cool to kind of learn that and kind of see how mm -hmm. that works. Wow. Um yeah, I think I can also like definitely find a few experiences where you're just you're not at home, so you kind of need to adapt to the new place you're in. But oftentimes you just don't know what what's happening at the moment, so you can get surprised by these things, or it's just a completely way of a different way of doing things. Um, but even though you have these moments of cultural shock, I think everybody, where possible, should move abroad or at least out of their hometown because it teaches you so much about yourself and who you are as a person. Um, so what's one thing that stood out to you when you left Kenya? Uh, wow. Okay. I think the one thing that stood out to me was the, um, the sense of knowing your neighbors. Cause when I moved out to California, there, there wasn't that community vibe. I didn't get that community vibe where people didn't, some people lived somewhere for years and never knew who their neighbor was. 
in mm-hmm. Kenya, you live somewhere for years, you're definitely going to know who your neighbor was. You're definitely going to mingle with them. You're interacting with them. You're going to get to know them. That, mm-hmm. that, to me, stood out a lot. Also, the the way the uh, people's approach to things um, in Kenya, it's very it's very calm and collected, cool, calm and collected. And it's very congested sometimes, too. Like, people, people are really fast-paced. I come out mm-hmm. here, and things are kind of fast-paced, but it's a little bit slower in terms of there's a lot of bureaucracy that takes place in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, I had to now confine myself to being uh, the Black identity in the United States because where I grew up, that's that we didn't see ourselves as, like we didn't call ourselves black people. We called ourselves, you know, our tribes. But when mm-hmm. I came out here, that was like the biggest thing is that people actually now associated me with just being black. They didn't care about anything else. And then I also learned about the ways people discriminate based upon race and stuff and kind mm-hmm. of how society is kind of shaped up like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then also the, the, one of the biggest things I saw was the diversity. In Kenya, there wasn't that much diversity. In the United States, there's a lot of diversity. There's people from all spectrums of um, backgrounds. So that was pretty cool. So there's definitely positives and and negatives as well. But would you think that it's important for everybody to to have this experience in their lifetime? Yeah, I think so. I think it's very important for somebody to kind of, if you have the opportunity and chance to venture out and explore, definitely say to do it because with experience comes with, with, you know, great, great new knowledge and uh, with great more new adventures. Cool. So more is there a place um, that you're currently planning to visit or to, to move to? I want to, yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I've never been to Asia. So I want to go to, a- I want to go to somewhere in Asia. Okay. Um, uh, I also want to go to a little bit more. I want to live in Europe for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, cool. that's kind of some of the places. Um, so how did you navigate the move to the U.S. and being confronted so strongly with with your race or that you were now identified as, as by your race as Black? Oh, man, to me, oh, so this is, to me, this was my approach. This was how I approached it. So, it, you know, I'm in a new land. I'm in new territory. So I don't <laughs> know where I am at. I don't know how to get around so my biggest thing was I taught myself how to maneuver the streets. Like I learned how to, what street is here, what street is there, what, what highway is here, what road is here. I made mm-hmm. sure I knew my directions very, very well. Like I was, ex- I became an expert on it. I mastered the GPS of the area mm-hmm. that I lived in and I learned how the transportation system worked here. And after I learned that, I became more comfortable in how I approach things because I never felt like I was in a situation where I did not know how to get back to my safety zone, considering that I'm a black man. So I might be in some area where some people look at me as just a black person and they think I'm there bringing danger. And if I see that, I have the ability now to maneuver myself from that situation to maneuver and navigate myself to a space that I feel safe. So to me learning the transportation system and how to get around, not just on road, but also in terms of conversation, um, in terms of education, um, Mm -hmm. in terms of how uh, you approach the bureaucracy world. Those are the type of things that I just made sure that I kind of mastered and kind of became good at just because I never wanted to feel like I was stranded. Um, And also 
Um, I had to really, really appreciate being in my household compared to um, being in somebody else's household. Because mm -hmm. in my household, I kind of had that sense of culture. I had that sense of valuing my identity. But when I stepped mm -hmm. outside the house, I just never felt safe. And I had to now learn how to maneuver through that when, you know, there's all this propaganda being spread out here about, you know, what it is being black, what are all these stereotypes and stigmas that people stigmatize upon us. Mm -hmm. But the way I kind of figured out that I'm going to navigate it is I have to appreciate that nobody can take away my knowledge. People can take away my materialistic stuff, but they cannot take away my knowledge. So when yeah. I came to start appreciating that the more knowledge I have, the better I can maneuver and navigate for myself through the different nuances, I just became much better at it and meeting people from all different types of background and then learning how to become observant, um, becoming disciplined and hung mm -hmm. uh, and hungry for just knowledge. I became a very, very strong young little boy who transitioned from the East African culture to being an African-American man. And through that, I actually developed such a unique perspective and resiliency and how wherever I go anywhere in the world, I can still apply those methods and those mechanisms in how I approach life there. Wow. I mean, I think it's it's a great insight on how you turn something essentially negative of feeling unsafe um, into something positive and something you can use to your advantage. Um, so it's really amazing. And oftentimes, like when you're abroad, you usually can manage to find a group of people from your home country or someone that you can connect with in times of loneliness or when you're feeling homesick. But how important is that feeling of community to someone who moves somewhere new or to you personally? Um, I was exposed to a lot of Kenyans when I came out here. So it was I never felt like I was out of tune with my culture. So mm -hmm. I was always around Kenyans, met Kenyans, um, hang around with some of them, grew up with some of them. Uh, that was the best part. And also I made new friends out here, you know, so that was a, another yeah. good thing. I made friends from all, all types of backgrounds, um, Indian, Asian, European. So it was, I kind of made a sense of community and uh, mingled with the right set of people because, you know, they usually say, tell me who your friends are and I can tell you who you are. And mm -hmm. that's something I had to learn really fast when I came to this country was I had to learn who to surround myself with and how to go along with it. definitely so we're moving on to the to the last question for today that i have um about our topics so what are your top five tips for those that want to move abroad um and are busy planning for the move or those that are considering the move but aren't really sure if they should make the commitment mm, that's a good one so number one i would say definitely learn the language okay that would be the biggest thing because you don't want to be in the in the area where you do not know how to communicate with people. Mm -hmm. You want to be able to communicate with people. Then to me, that's also been a barrier, but I've always gave myself that extra time to kind of learn the language and kind of figure out how to communicate with people. Um, because if you're uprooting your life to a country with a whole different native language to your own, making the effort to at least learn the basics will get you through, um, you know, the basics of life there. Mm -hmm. um so that, that would be the number one thing number two i would definitely say give yourself some time to um kind of get adjusted to the to the new to the new area yeah you know because you know when you decide to go move to a different place um you're 
interactions and integration integration isn't just going to happen overnight unless you're like some type of superhero or <laughs> I don't know. That's not gonna happen o- overnight. And it's okay to to have that time to kind of adjust yourself and, and adapt to that new environment and new society. Um, mm-hmm. But m- make sure you don't lose yourself when you start integrating with society in a new place. Make sure you still hold strong to your identity um, and don't hesitate to take it slow when you really need it. Yeah. Um, next thing I'll say is probably have a sense of community and have a sense of being dedicated to where you are at. So mm-hmm. let's say you move to a whole new different place. What I, what I mean by that is make sure you are accepting the local culture of where you're at. Don't, mm-hmm. you know, judge the culture because now you're living there. Now you're there. Now you're staying with those people. You don't want to be that person that is discriminatory to their, to their culture or their community. You need mm-hmm. to appreciate the new differences that you're going to be exposed to. And at the same time, show your differences that you have experienced so that you guys can come to a common understanding. You know, let's face it. If you, if you contain yourself to only the big cities and like tourist areas, you're going to miss out on like what your what your new home really has to offer. So it's very mm-hmm. important to kind of delve into the to the to the roots of that place that you're at, so you can kind of get a bit of feel and understanding. Um, and you'll find that by living a little bit more like a local person, uh, you'll learn so much more about your new home than you actually thought. So definitely, I would say do that. That was the, was that three? I have yeah, that's five, three. right? <laughs> I would say. Surround yourself with the right people, but don't get too comfortable with them until you feel comfortable with the new area. Okay. So what I mean by that is you should definitely talk to your loved ones back at home, but you should also still at the same time talk to the new people in your community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also have time for yourself because that's the most, that's the way the most growth happens. And once you feel very comfortable yourself and you feel comfortable with your family now being back at home and now you are in a new community, now you can start going back to what I said earlier, living like a local and support yourself with the right type of people around you so you don't feel like you're always left out mm-hmm. in that community. Great. And your last one? Um, and the last, last but not least, I would say make sure you know the rules and regulations of where you're at because you okay. do not want to get in Smart. trouble. So stay out of trouble. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, so that was our, our topics for today. And I'm really glad that I got to, to speak to you and to get your opinion on, on these topics and your experiences. Um, so for our listeners who maybe haven't heard about City, the City podcast yet, and what it's about, can you just quickly summarize uh, what they can expect from you and the amazing content that you create. Um, and that is it for for today's episode. Um, so City Podcast is stands for Stay Intro to Yourself. And City is a nonprofit organization in California that aims to facilitate the necessary discussion of how to value self and community. It provides scholarships to students all over the world um, and internship opportunities. Um, and me, myself, Tex Wambui, I'm a published author, and I coined the term city for the first time in my second book, 
Um, and that's where I came up with the whole idea of staying true to yourself. Um, and staying true to yourself believes that fostering the necessary discussion best prepares individuals and groups to significantly contribute uh, their development, education, and, and endeavors. Um, and this podcast, the Stay Intrude to Yourself, aka City Podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google, all platforms for spot, uh, for um, podcasts. Um, and the whole goal is I was inspired to display and promote the uniqueness of individuals out there that are striving to better themselves and the people around them. Um, and the podcast series includes a series of compelling interviews and spoken word pieces by me. Um, and the series will highlight individual and groups sharing their journey and experiences in their respective interests. Thank you. I think you summarized up City really, really well. Um, you do amazing work. You try your best to help those that you can and inspire those around you. So for our listeners listening, as Tech said, check out Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and listen to City Podcasts, listen to this episode. Um, keep in touch with us. Let us know what you thought. And I hope you guys have a great day. Bye, everybody. Thank you, guys. And shout out to you, Alicia. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to know when the next one drops, subscribe to our podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then please do leave a rating and a review so I know how to improve in the future. Uh, if you have any thoughts on this week's episode or any suggestions for future episodes, head on over to our Instagram at mixedmoments.podcast and let me know what you think. Mm-hmm.